It's Thursday, March 14th. Welcome to Market Fooling. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool 1, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Supernova, Matt Argusinger. Good to see you guys. Happy nice. Pie Day. Thanks Happy, it is, it is Pie Day. Yeah. That's right. 314. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. 34314. Let's see. I'm going to figure out like a circumference of something in here. You know what we're doing right after we tape this? Measure that boy's heed. <laughs> we are walking over to the, uh, section of our office that houses the online editorial team. Yeah. Because on Pie Day every year, They've got like a dozen freshly baked pies. Uh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What if they had, what if it was 314 pies? That would be cool. Look, we're going to walk over and steal their pies. Let's not be, <laughs> that's, super, that's, let's not be super greedy about it. My, my day just got so much happier. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk smartphones. We're going to talk Coca-Cola and their latest adventures in China. <laughs> uh, but it is a big week for the smartphone industry. We've got the Samsung event tonight in New York City. They're going to be unveiling the Galaxy S4. Verizon and AT&T are about to start accepting orders for Blackberries. And before you laugh, um, yesterday, on Wednesday, with about an hour to go in the trading day, BlackBerry put out an announcement that one of their established partners had put in an order for one million of the new BlackBerry Z10s. And you you giggle, Mr. Moser, but the stock BlackBerry stock went up ten percent in the final hour of trading just on that news. I know. I mean, the market. I, you know, geez, what do you say? I, I mean, I have a couple of theories here. I mean, the one I think is probably the more plausible of the two is that the order was actually switched or mixed up, and it was actually just one client ordering ten BlackBerry devices. <laughs> you not, think they not, moved the decimal? Yeah, I, I just have to believe there might have been. But the other thing I was thinking. Okay, so look. Alicia Keys is the new spokeswoman for like BlackBerry, whatever, the creative director or something like yes. that, right? So <laughs> she's out there really touting this and tweeting about it. Now, MySpace, right? That's gone to like music Justin Timberlake is, is the owner of MySpace. And, and so MySpace has about 25 million users from what I could, what I could dig up here earlier. Now, I think that given the artistic and, and the, the, uh, the, the songwriter sort of connection there with MySpace. And Alicia Keys has a very robust MySpace page as well. I checked that out too. Okay. I think Boy, you it's just possible here that MySpace was buying these million devices and it's going to be like a, a sweepstakes. It's going to be like a thing where they give away one million Blackberries to really kind of help <laughs> promote not only Blackberry, but it's going to be preloaded with MySpace and they're going to, pr- they're going to promote MySpace. You know, a, a few weeks ago we were talking about Office Depot and Office Office Max sitting together, we, yeah. and we kind of use the zombie metaphor yeah. right. for those. MySpace and BlackBerry. I don't know. We might have to. There's we might have I, to rekindle I, the zombie. I mean, zombie it's just here. believable, and it's just ridiculous enough. It's it's actually. Believable. It's not the worst conspiracy theory I've ever heard. If it happens, <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay, duly noted. <laughs> um, but Matt, isn't isn't the more likely scenario here? That it, yeah, when and BlackBerry said it's an established part, partner, it's got to be a government entity. Sure, don't you think? I, I think so. We were talking before the show. A lot of uh, government agencies haven't opened up to Apple's iOS or any other OS. They just they have to use BlackBerry just because that's the only smartphone that is compatible for a number of reasons for security and, and what else on their networks. And so that that probably is the most plausible theory. You know, Black we can, we can make fun of BlackBerry. They still apparently have about seventy million. Active users, yep. and I have to believe by now, that's a pretty, you know, loyal group of users, right? I mean, just given what BlackBerry's gone through. So, and hey, there's Z10. It's gotten good reviews, yeah, pretty much all across the board. And people are interested in trying something new. They're, you know, they, they might have some success here. You know, in all honesty, I mean, kidding aside, I really do think it does have to be a government entity of some of some kind. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when uh, I think it was just. 
pre-election uh, where they showed, I think, just President Obama making a tour of a local bookstore, you know, and there was a picture of him using his BlackBerry. I mean, there are security concerns there, which are legitimate. And I think that, you know, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, I, I think that while we've, while we've always argued that one of the the beautiful parts of Apple's operating system is just sort of the protection from those from those types of attacks. Uh, it, it's safe until it's not safe, right? And I mean, once it becomes a very popular operating system and people figure out how to hack it, then they're hacking it, and and you lose sort of that uh, dynamic of the system there. And BlackBerry, that's that's sort of been their uh, that, that's that's been their sort of crown jewel uh, claim to fame there was was the security aspect of it. So I bet you it is a government entity. Let's look ahead to the event tonight in New York City. Here in the U.S., when you're looking at the smartphone market share, Apple's number one with the iPhone. But when you go worldwide, it's Samsung with about 29% of the market. This is according all according to IDC research. And, uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, and I, we've certainly seen this in the last six months or so, uh, Matt. Uh, Samsung has done an incredibly effective job over the last year essentially painting Apple as no longer cool. I saw a stat in, uh, in one of the, the media websites, sort of media industry websites, uh, earlier this week that Samsung got outspent in 2011. In terms of television advertising, uh, Apple outspent Samsung, so they decided they were going to write that ship. And in 2012, Samsung outspent Apple. And you look at the ads where, you know, it's the people waiting in line for the iPhone, <laughs> and it's a young guy with his Galaxy, and he's just holding a place for his parents. Right. And just the whole, you know, and that we, was the ultimate one, right? It there. was the ultimate one, and you know, it was like right before Facebook went public, and the stats came out about the growing, you know, the the, the fastest growing segment demographically for Facebook was people over 60 or something like that. It was like right. grandparents. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I can't help but think that in addition to the ad spend that, that Samsung has also timed the release of this product really well because we're not going to see another product out of Apple this spring. And I mean, maybe we'll see one in the summer, but I think it's far more likely that we are probably six months away from a new Apple unveiling of a device, whether it's Another iPhone or an updated iPad? Right. Well, the ultimate for me was, I guess, uh, Apple's chief marketing officer yesterday kind of came out and kind of, you know, kind of disparaged Samsung a little and saying their product isn't great and, and you know, it's not going to live up to the expectations that everyone has. Samsung's been remarkably effective with their marketing. I think they, they had eighty-eight an 88% increase in units sold last year compared to Apple's 35%. That's huge. Samsung is kind of the cool kid on the block. I, I guess I look at this market, and I'm, I'm looking at data from IDC as well, and I just I just feel like there's so much growth just in the overall smartphone market mm-hmm. that both Samsung and Apple are going to do pretty well, maybe yep. even BlackBerry as well. I mean, they're going to be 900, apparently 918 million smartphones shipped this year in 2013, according to IDC. It's the first time that actually there are going to be more smartphones shipped than actual phones, so it's smartphones are now the majority of phones sold. That's 29% increase from 2012, and, you know, Apple is going to be a big part of that. Samsung's going to be a big part of that. Uh, you know, and the numbers, especially in the emerging markets, are just huge. I mean, looking at from now until 2017, apparently in India, there are going to be 459% more smartphones. In Brazil, there are going to be 129% more smartphones. Uh, in the U.S., which we'd call a saturated market, there's actually going to be 33% more smartphones in five years. 
that, that's it's just a humongous market and just getting bigger all the time. And I think Apple's going to be part of that as well. Yeah, I think that's I, I agree with Maddie to to a degree there at least. That I mean, uh, you, we we refer to Mary Meeker's study as well before where I mean she talked about I think a market opportunity out there of about six billion right now. That you know six billion mobile phone users, only about one billion are using smartphones, yep. and all that leads us to believe that yes, there is this tremendous market opportunity out there, which there is. Now you know the flip side of that coin. Apple's Apple's forte is is you know being the the premier device maker. They they focus on the hardware and it's not cheap hardware either. And so you know on the one hand you have to wonder how much of that market will they be able to tap into with that device. And that's why we hear all these whispers of a ch- of a cheaper iPhone. Uh, and then the concerns leading from that would be is that going to crimp gross margins? Is the company less profitable? Uh, I think that the market is fair in looking at those concerns today. I think the stock price reflects that. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at today's stock price versus the future opportunity that's still out there, even if it crimps margins, I still think there's a lot of volume to be made up there, which is why I think a lot of us look at Apple and, and the price today as a really a pretty attractive opportunity for investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our colleagues, Andrew Tonner, who's a, one of our technology analysts over in the online editorial group, he's actually on his way to New York right now. He's going to be attending the event. And I talked to him yesterday afternoon and said, Essentially, what are you looking forward to? What What is the thing that you're going to be watching? And he talked about this eye-tracking technology that the Galaxy S4 reportedly is going to have, where if you're reading something, it will somehow track your eye movement and it will scroll automatically. And I said to him, I'll be honest, that kind of creeps me out. That's just, and And secondly... My brain doesn't work in such a way where I can get my head around how that actually worked. And and part of his response to me um, had to do with what we saw with Apple. He said, well, I'm interested to see if this thing really works and how well it works or if it's going to be like what we saw with the first iterations of Siri and Apple Maps. And if you think about it, guys, there was some backlash on both occasions to Siri and Apple, I would say a bigger Apple one, Maps a bigger so, yeah, one yeah. to Apple Maps, particularly where you had people in Australia being stranded in the desert somewhere. <laughs> um, but there were, you know, there was something to that whole notion of, you know what, it's good enough. Let's just include it in this model and let's get it out the door. Is that, uh, I agree with what you're saying, Matt, in terms of, look, there's going to be plenty of growth for more than one winner here. But it seems like to the extent that there is a risk for Samsung, I think part of the risk lies there where they, you know, this ends up being not quite as good as advertised. Right. Well, when I talk to David G, he loves to bring up the three eyes, which I'm sure he's discussed on this. Talked show. about it on uh, Motley Fool Money last week. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, great. So, we, you know, we have the innovators, the imitators, and the idiots. <laughs> and I think in this kind of smartphone market, you know, you're going to have, it, you can never position one company in, in neatly in one box because they're going to jump from one to the other. Yep. Um, I don't think either Samsung or Apple are idiots, um, and I think Samsung's going to have a number of innovations. This one actually sounds pretty neat. I, I'm also a little freaked out about it. It's kind of like my phone is watching me and scanning yeah. my every move. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, we don't know what Apple's got cooked up either. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm sounding way too optimistic about Apple and, and coming across as a uh, unabashed bull here, but, uh, you know, it's just... I think these these two companies are going to be innovating all the time. And from from the consumer perspective, we've got to love this, right? Uh, I mean, I Samsung, say, yeah, we're, we're the big winners. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, if I, you know, Apple comes out with a cheaper phone, or Samsung comes out with a cheaper phone, innovates, comes out with new features. I mean, that that stuff we're just eating it up. And and you know, we're not paying 
a really high price for some of those innovations. See, I think that's where Apple is. I think uh, Apple is definitely at a higher risk when it comes to innovating things like these, uh, things like this. Because Google, the bar is so much well, higher. Well, the bar is higher, and it's not really what they're known for so much. You know, and that's where Google, I think, pl- this plays more into something like Google's advantage. You know, those Samsung phone, uh, phones run off of an Android operating system, so it's Google to some degree there anyway. But Google's known for placing sort of these small bets on technological innovations. Some pan out, some don't, but the market doesn't freak out when they don't. You know, and so this eye scrolling technology. You know, honestly, like I think it would be really cool if Bezos tried to get in on this action because I've been saying for a long time. I love my Kindle. I mean, it's like the best reading device, and it's a touch Kindle. So you know, you just touch it to turn the page. But I would like it to be able to just turn the page by my thinking about it. So what if they had the wow, eye scrolling? Wow, you're that lazy. If it, well, I call I you say lazy, I say innovation. <laughs> But what if all of a sudden it's scanning my, it sees that I'm reading the last line of the page and boom, it turns the page for me. How about that? Now that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool, but I'm, I'm still mildly creeped out. (laughs) Um, authorities in China have accused Coca-Cola employees of using GPS technology to illegally obtain classified information. Coca-Cola says it is cooperating with the investigation. I said this before we started taping. This is one of those stories. That makes, and I'm a Coca-Cola shareholder, but this is one of those stories that makes me ask the question, even though it is this enormous market opportunity for most, if not all companies on the planet, are there times when it just ain't worth it to do business in China? <laughs> this is, you know, part of the story, and I, I pulled this from a, a CBS report online, uh, in 2010, an American geologist was sentenced to eight years in prison for trying to buy data about locations of Chinese oil wells. His lawyers say the data were commercially available, but a court convicted him of trying to obtain state secrets. I, I just, Boy. maybe I'm squeamish, but, but this just seems like it's just w- one more reason to move incredibly slowly. And frankly, from an investor standpoint, not get overly optimistic about what China is going to mean for your company's business. Absolutely. That, that, that is really the key point. We look at stocks and businesses all the time, and a lot of analysts say, hey, they've got years to grow in China. Look at the growth rates in China that they're going to have, and look at the population in China that, that these products and services can reach. Well, you, you've got to discount that big time, and you should be, because if you think about it, especially for small to mid-sized companies who don't, who aren't, say, a Coca-Cola or a Walmart, or, you know, or any major company that, that has the, the capital and the size um, and, the, and the relationships, which are extremely important in China, uh, it's really tough to do business. And I, I, would, I would say if, you know, if this story, if this really results in something major for Coca-Cola, that, 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 would, that would be a signal to me if I'm another multinational company that, you know what? There are probably better markets to be getting into. I'm looking at Brazil, Eastern Europe, India. There's got to be probably better places to do business, more freedom to do business. And what was the company that we had talked about? Uh, it was a couple of months ago when earnings came out. I want to say it was 3M, but maybe it wasn't. There was some huge American multinational company that had to write off an enormous part of their earnings because their invest they realized oh, it was Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Yeah, they they bought knew a company it. that essentially more or less just didn't exist. Yeah, they had to write down some massive yeah. amount of money and I just looked at that and said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. If Caterpillar <clears throat> has to write this off, then then how trustworthy is the information?" Who knows? But I mean, I I it's, you know, China represents about 20% of net profit for Coca-Cola, so it's not insignificant. Uh, but with that said, yeah, I have to believe 
that some somewhere in the executive office, someone's kind of shaking their head and thinking, "God, this is just kind of a necessary evil of the business." I mean, we have to kind of we have to we have to take that market because it's there, but but man, it's just a lot of work, and you have to wonder how much upside they really see there. I I don't know. I mean, Coca Cola's their biggest competitive advantage is their distribution model. You know, I mean, that's just it's phenomenal how they get that product out to so many points on the globe. Um, I imagine this will probably subside in some some uh, some short amount of time. It could probably make a decent movie of the week, though. Well, there was uh, I I don't know if you guys caught it, sixty minutes two to three weeks ago. I can't remember. There was you know kind of a big show um, showing you know kind of the the craziness in the China's, real estate right this the real estate <laughs> story. Which but the other the positive part of that story is they interviewed a woman and I'm racking my brain right now. Um, she is she's a billionaire. She's one of the richest people in China and she owns one of the largest commercial real estate. Uh, companies in China. Just they, she's built some of the largest buildings um, in Shanghai and other places. And she was saying that you know she was asked by Leslie Saul, you know, what's what's the number one thing you're you're looking for in China? What what is the number one thing that Chinese want? Uh, you know, in the future. And she said democracy, and which was yeah. and she got and it was kind of this big controversy for a few days. Inside China, I believe that there's there's a hunger for for. Business for capitalism for free markets and that's a, that to me is, is a positive thing. I think over time, the market's going to continue to be more opened up, less less regulated. But it's obviously we, with this Coca Cola story, we've got some time to go. And I firmly agree with Maddie. I think that ultimately it's the people. The people will get what they want in some in some point in time. I mean that's essentially how you know, the United States of America came to be. Uh, we see the same kind of thing with Cena and Weibo, the the microblog site. There, it's you can see the government's efforts to try to quiet it, and, and you can see the people's efforts to to continue to grow it and be loud and and, and make some noise on it. And, and yeah, I think when the people. Uh, when the people have had enough, they will have had enough, and, and things will change. It'll be a slow generational change, but it's coming. You know what you don't have to worry about if you're Coca-Cola? You don't have to worry about the mayor of Shanghai <laughs> saying nobody can drink <laughs> over 16 ounces of Coca-Cola. That's right. That's, 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 that's not right. If happen. anything, they need to be drinking the bigger drinks, right? <laughs> Jason Moser, Matt Argusinger. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.